Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. I've been tooting my horn for a while now about how bad social media is for kids, and I thought y'all would be interested to hear what our educators have to say about it. My guest today is Stefan Jolly, a principal in California. He's been doing some amazing things for the kids at his schools, and today we talk about social media and smartphones and how they affect the kids at the school level. You guys are definitely going to want to hear this one, but first gotta pay the bills all right everybody we are back so guys let's just dive right in like i said in the intro my guest today is a principal over in california he's been extremely active in this advocacy space and helping to get kids off their screens and loving their lives in fact under his leadership his school has become a screen-free phone-free school and we're going to talk about that and so many other good things but let's just welcome Stefan jolly to the show welcome welcome man Hey, Nate. It's good to see you. Always, always good to talk to you. So fun to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, man. Uh, so how the heck are you, man? Where are you coming at us from? I am in sunny Southern California. So I am about uh, 20 minutes away from Disneyland. Man. Um, about 15 minutes away from Newport Beach. I'm up uh, basically the middle of Orange. So Orange County, there's a, there's a city of Orange. And I'm, I'm right up in there. So it's a beautiful place, but we do pay a weather tax. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, I was going to say, you live in the middle of paradise is where you live. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm coming from. And I've lived here all my life. Actually, the school that I'm at is one mile away from the school that I grew up at. So the elementary school that I went to is a mile, mile down the street from where I'm at now. The high school that I went to is another mile the other direction. Um, I met my wife in high school, and we've been together now coming up on 20 years. Uh, so yeah, we're, and our, our house is another mile the other direction. So I'm in like a miles, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of nice. I, my commute is literally five minutes. That's awesome. So... Um, you came on my radar, um, or vice versa, but you came on my radar, um, after I had seen you post a lot of the same stuff that our late great friend Colin Carson had been posting. Um, so how did you land yourself in this kind of advocacy space for kids, um, you know, in, in your function as an administrator, um, you know, doing the work that you're doing, trying to help keep them off their screens and different things like that. How did you find yourself in this space? Uh, I think, you know, it really started with me about five to six years ago. I started, started having conversations with myself, which is I'm, I'm my, my best listener. Um, really, really talking more about the issues that we're seeing inside of our schools and especially my campus and the campuses around us um, with, with classroom discipline with student focus in the classroom, all the different things going on. 
and connecting dots and really seeing the evolution of social media, the evolution of the smartphone mm -hmm. and seeing phones of that capacity in the hands of kids younger and younger. Mm -hmm. and really connecting those dots of saying, okay, here's the issues that we're seeing in the classroom as teachers, as administrators, and really making those connections with the reasons why we're seeing them. Mm -hmm. um, really, really the, the, the focus issues and the, the demand for attention, the instant gratification of students, the, the amount of patience they have right now, um, that those issues evolving back, what, five, five, six years ago, and then connecting it to, you know what, I think we have a problem on our hands. I think that we're putting these phones in kids' hands too early, and it's causing these issues in our classrooms. And really starting to speak up as a school to our parents and finding the research to support what we're talking about. Because as a school, if we're going to if we're going to educate, we have to have the research to support what we're talking about. Right. And going out to parents and sending out newsletters, talking to other people, talking to our school resource officers and saying, what else are you seeing outside of just my school? Are you seeing it in other schools? What are the issues that you're seeing? And, and starting those conversations and connecting, like I said, connecting the dots of saying, hey, okay, I'm seeing a big change and it's happening so quickly, but let's, let's make a correlation between the, the progressive change and the progressiveness of these cell phones and social media. Um, so fast forward, you know, uh, two years after that, about th three years ago, really starting to dive into Instagram myself. I, you know, being, being in my position and I don't have time to, to be on a phone and to do all that kind of stuff. But okay, now I'm going to go ahead and dive into it and see what this is all about. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that's where all of a sudden I started seeing Colin and what he was doing right? and the evolution of what that, and we made that connection. Um, I started, I started have, having the conversation with him too. And uh, as a school principal, he would, he was reaching out to me saying, okay, how do we get more schools in, on board? Yes, right. I'm going out to schools and speaking and advocating for the kids and doing everything that he did, but how do we get more school administrators? Mm. How, do we, how do we get into the district office? How do we get more superintendents involved? How do yes. we get message to more school administrators that will blanket their campuses mm. with this message? Mm. Uh, so that's the evolution of that. And I think there's such a big message that can be said, and it's really about education. It's teaching all of us adults, but also teaching the kids mm -hmm. what these phones do, what they can do. And, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, that's what we do as teachers with what you do and what I do. We're teachers. Right. And it's, it, that's what it's all about. Yeah, totally. I love that. Cause I mean, if you're going to go out, if you're going to go to a school to a district, you know, demand, we need to ban phones so that you better have some like proof and data in your hands, or you're going to just going to get laughed at. Um, 
And so, you know, I, I do love you. I mean, you, you did the legwork and now your school is it's screen free. It's phone free. Um, yeah. what, is, what is the difference that you've noticed in the kids as the school stepped away from the screens? Now, let me, let me do say that we do allow phones on, on campus. I think it would be really hard. Right, right. In their pockets, in the backpack. Exactly. You know, having the parents know that they do have their phones, but they're turned off. Right. When they come on campus, their phones are off, they're put away, and they're not allowed to take them out until they leave campus. And that policy has been enforced now for three years. Um, the parents fully support it. If there's ever an emergency at school, um, which we actually, we had to evacuate campus just back early October because of fires. Fires, yeah. So we, you know, the kids are allowed, at that point, the kids are allowed to take their phones out, call their parents. We have a broadcast system. We have, we have the email system go out, the broadcast, the instant message system go, go out to all the parents. But also I tell the kids, hey, if you have a phone, take it out and call them. Right, right. they they may not get the message right away, but they'll pick up your call. Right. So, right. You know, they have their phones. My eighth graders actually have a patio um, at the end of campus, and it's a their private little patio that they get that's always supervised by, by by a teacher. They are allowed to have their phones out during lunch and recess. So it's a little step away. Say, hey, okay, you guys are eighth graders. Mm -hmm. We're gonna. Get little bit of freedom here and acknowledge you are eighth grade you're going to uh, right. you're going to be freshman next year so here's 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 a carrot you know right 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 but for the most part that's it's it's phone free and screen free and it's it's what i see is the kids are kids right they're out playing i don't have fifth graders sixth graders seventh graders even the eighth graders even though they're allowed to have their phones the boys and girls, they're still out playing basketball. They're, they're setting up football games. They're, you know, they're playing volleyball. Actually, right now, my, my eighth grade boys are into volleyball. They're out on the court, hitting the balls to each other, digging, digging for serves. It's awesome. So you see more kids being kids. That's awesome. I love that because I feel like kids are being forced to grow up way too fast when they shove their social media down their throats. Um, and then – as you were transitioning to this, you know, this, this new policy, where you know, phones are, phones are away. We're mostly screen-free phones are in the backpack, not distracting us. Did you notice any of the old problems kind of go away? Like, you know, people were, if people might've been kinder or if people had, you know, they folk, if people improved scholastically or anything like that. Um. I don't think what we did see in the classroom, yes, what we did see in the classroom was less distraction of there's no, there's no buzzing going on the pockets, you know, mm. there's no, hey, I'm going to take out the phone and try and sneak a peek of what, who's trying to call me, who's liking my post, whatever it is. Um, what the other side of it was, we saw a big change with the interactions between the older kids and the younger kids and setting up programs on campus with little big buddies, little buddies, and the older kids actually spending time with the kindergartners, the first graders, the second graders were a K through eight school, which I love. I wish all schools would go K through eight. There's no reason to have seventh and eighth graders isolated. Um, right. but, uh, that's a whole nother topic. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, 
But we do see, yeah, we see the, the less distraction in the classroom because they don't have these devices buzzing in their pockets. Um, you know, when I look at my cases of, of cheating, you know, they don't have a phone in their pocket. Yeah. There's I didn't no know. reason to pull it out and have that temptation. Take mm-hmm. the temptation away. Yes. You know, so there's, so many things, there's so many reasons why we should look at that process of taking these phones off campus or at least making sure that they're off and put away. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's amazing. Um, I mean, I haven't even thought about cheating, like academic integrity, um, you know, kids being kids and being kind to younger kids. Um, mm-hmm. I think more schools around the nation should jump on this bandwagon, you know, getting screen free. Anytime I ever bring up, you know, banning phones or telling them to, you know, making policies related to phones, a lot of parents and teachers are like, oh, but they can't enforce that, which is totally false because there's a whole lot of things we don't let kids bring to school. We don't let them bring weapons or drugs or anything, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just add a cell phone to that list. Don't take it out of your backpack and kids will learn really quick when their phones get taken away that they don't bring their phone out. but I think it, it does wonders when you work with the community, right? When you help do the legwork so you can help come up with the solution like you did. Um, yeah. And now you have, um, and things are going really well. So everybody take notes. Um, was there much pushback from like the kids and the community when you guys first started going screen-free? There wasn't much pushback because we took, we took the time to educate the kids. I think one of the main things that I did at the very beginning of this was create a small course of two to three classes that would teach the kids about cell phone etiquette, social media, and the, the other side of things. And I really, what, what I mean by that is actually talking to our school resource officer and mm-hmm. teaching the kids the laws that go with the responsibility of having a smartphone. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't think of that side of it is, you know, Cyberbullying is is a criminal offense. Um, Forty eight states have law laws written in for cyberbullying, mm. uh, and the kids, you know, kids don't realize that everything they do on their phone is traceable. Yes, everything that they post, everything that they type, everything that they are doing is traceable in some way. And all of our sheriff departments, all of our police departments have units set up specifically for cyber cyber stuff right right, right. Cyber talking cyber bullying cyber picture whatever it is going right. on online so, crimes online crimes so when you're talking to kids it's okay i think it's important that they know hey this is a privilege to have in your hand this phone but right. just know that before you hit send that picture that post that whatever it is can be traced yeah and, and immortal <laughs> exactly. Exactly. it dies i feel like like when i was a kid and i did something stupid like you know that mistake it died eventually but mm-hmm. a lot of these kids when they do something stupid online that mistake never dies that picture that video that post will always be floating around there online somewhere and mm-hmm. even if you think you might have deleted it someone may have taken a screenshot um you know like it's it's so hard you know, and, and we expect kids to have perfect behavior with these devices when they're not even developed enough to make good decisions without devices. 
Um, I mean, their prefrontal cortex isn't even done growing yet. They're, they're not, they're, they're little kids. Um, right. And so I was like, huh, interesting. So you didn't get any pushback because kids just want to learn without distraction. Parents want their kids to learn. Imagine that. Um, right. and, and, and I, I think parents, I think the parents know, yeah. you know, the parents are, the parents know that they are a distraction. It is a, con- but it is a convenience for the parent, but the parent knows, Hey, I'm sending my kid to school. They need to be in school. Yes. They should have a screen in front of them. They shouldn't have their phone out. They need to give their teacher 100% of their attention. And if they have a phone on them, it's just going to take that away. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think most parents, I mean, they'd agree. And they'd be like, yeah, I mean, my kid might hate it. But I want parents to realize, guys, your kids aren't going to hate this. They might hate it for like 10 minutes when they have like little tiny like mini withdrawals because they have phantom buzzes going off in their pockets that where their no phone is. I, I felt that when I served a mission for my church for two years, when we were at the missionary training center for the first nine weeks, my, I felt like my phone was in my pocket vibrating all the time. But of course, I didn't have my phone on me. We couldn't. Um, but I'm like, oh, my phone. Oh, wait, I have no phone. I was just addicted to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so before we started recording, though, uh, you had mentioned um, a new kind of call to action that you're bringing up and discussing um, discussing, Sean Connery, um, discussing um, with some of your local administrators. And I'd like to talk about that for a little bit. What is this new kind of call to action that you're heading up um, and why is it such a big deal? So the call to action goes along the same lines of what we're talking about, really. It's bringing, bringing forward the conversation with all of our administrators and teachers of advocating for our kids and teaching them about social media and the rabbit hole that they can go down and becoming screen free, taking time, taking time to be screen free um, and checking on the kids, Mm -hmm. really taking the time as a school to make time for teachers and administrators, school counselors, whoever it needs to be to really check on our kids, especially right now where a lot of us are online and there's more kids turning to their phones because they're on Zoom with their teachers, whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, but really check on their well-being. And, you know, schools, I think schools have really moved in that direction. I know the high school down the street um, has brought in a therapy dog and their their school counselors, they've added more school counselors. They've added more time to the school counselors. Uh, to the, actually to the students, they've added more time for students to check in with the school counselors and scheduled, pre-scheduled time for students on a weekly basis to just check in with them. Yeah. And I think that's so important to get a call to action out to all these schools and all these administrators and school counselors to say, hey, we need to come together as schools and take care of our kids Yes, our main purpose is to educate our, our youth, right. but their mental and physical and their health, their health, their well-being, they can't, they can't be learners unless they're healthy. No, yeah, there's a, there's a saying that I love. It's called Maslow's Before Blooms. Um, yeah. You got to make sure. So Maslow is this old dude who had some theories about survival, guys, for <laughs> those who don't know who Maslow is. But I know he had, you know, basic primal human needs. And then Blooms is same old dude, lots of cool theories, survival, and, you know, a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more luxury stuff. 
And kids won't worry about luxuries like education if their main survival, you know, things that they need to just live aren't being covered. You know, I, you know, I'm a school counselor, a high school counselor. And, you know, if kids don't have a good living condition, if they're not getting all their meals, if they're not getting enough sleep, they're not going to worry about their education. Similarly, um, you know, if kids are staying up till two or three o'clock in the morning because they're on Instagram, if they're depressed because of something someone said on TikTok, they're not going to be worrying as much about school because their mental health is not being taken care of. Um, and so I really love that call to action um, that, I mean, we're, we're all trying to bring up, but especially in the realm of education, because for better or worse, all of our school aged kids are spending the majority of their waking hours at the school. And so whatever habits and tendencies and patterns that they pick up on at the school are going to shape them for the next few years. And so we as educators really need to have the best interests of, this, of the kids in mind because um, that's why we went into education. That's why we're working where we are because we have the best interests of the kids in mind. Um, and so I think really sticking up for them um, and like you said, checking in on them. I think I, that would, I don't know of anyone that checks in on every single kid. I think so many different positions are so concerned about, do they have enough credits? Are they taking enough classes? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? Um, that they never really check in just to be like, are you doing okay? Because mm -hmm. the answer would probably be no. <laughs> For a lot of kids right now, the answer is probably no. I am not okay. My state is on fire. I can't go grocery shopping. I have to wear a mask all day. Um, like, it might seem petty to us, but fetch. They're struggling. You know, they, they, they don't have that human connection they used to have. And they need to just tell somebody they're not doing okay. And they'll be okay. But just, yeah. just checking in does a lot of good. That's exactly it. And the, so the next, actually, I just talked to a parent, my next principal's letter. So each month I always send out at least one letter out, out to our families. Right. And it's, you know, for, for, for the Christmas season and for, for Christmas break, uh, my, my Christmas wish is for my parents to take the time to give more eight second hugs. Yes. And what I'm going to do is actually share, you know, we've talked about the eight second hug and how important it is, but sharing, sharing the science behind it, yes. you know, sharing what, what it does to our bodies to release those endorphins and put away the screens, spend more time together, but also give more eight second hugs. And I, I just talked to a parent out, out front um, and she said, you know, I, I, I see your posts about eight second hugs. And I told my daughter, her, her daughter just turned thir 13. Um, she said, hey, you know what? Mr. Jolie says it's important to give more eight-second hugs. So that's what we're going to do. And she said it was funny. She, she resisted for about a day or two. It was like, oh, mom, uh, you know, and the hug wasn't as, as, as general as, or as good as it could be. Right. She noticed a huge turnaround. After the second day, she's like, look, all of a sudden she's asking me for hugs. Yeah. And I as a parent, you can feel the difference in now, I think the endorphins and every, the, the, the science behind it, the endorphins kicked in and the, and the daughter can feel it, can sense that an eight second hug or more, make it 10, whatever right. it is, it's over eight seconds, that good feeling of a hug that long is going to be such a positive influence on the kids 
And we as parents and as teachers, especially as parents, taking the time to hug our kids and tell them we love them and let them feel those positive endorphins go through their body. So when we check in on them, we say, how are you? We get the response of, oh my gosh, I'm doing so much better because I'm getting, I'm getting the attention. I'm getting hugs. Right. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that tiny little act can do so much. Because here's the thing, everyone who's listening, if you have kids, they want connection. The reason that they're throwing a little temper tantrum isn't actually because they're mad that their their fire truck got taken away. It's because they want you to be playing with them or they want you, you know, they, they, they want you, parents, your kids want you. They want connection. And those endorphins, those cuddle chemicals that they need um, to help balance out a healthy brain, um, you know, they get through through human connection, through those hugs. And there's different kind of endorphins that they get from screens that are que no bueno. They're not good. Um, they overload them. And, um, and then it takes more and more of them for them to feel any of that same kind of, you know, to feel good. And so, and then they get addicted and it just gets worse. So hug your kids, please. Hug your kids. Hug your kids. Um, yeah. I did... I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, you're, so I was just going to say, when you're talking about that, it reminded me, so we have a two-year-old. Um, and, you know, at, at night when we go to bed, we're like, eight-second hug, and we count to eight really obnoxiously. One, two. Um, anyway, uh, last week or a few days ago, he spilt some soy sauce all over himself, and I was uh, so annoyed. Um, and he looked at me, he holds, and he holds up his arms, and I go to give him a hug, and he's like, one, two, three i'm like oh thanks buddy like they catch on so oh man i love it i love all of this so you are your father you have a, two or three daughters right i have two daughters two i have two beautiful daughters i have one one is 13 uh she's in eighth grade this year and one just turned 11 uh e- evie she's in fifth grade um i've been i tell people all the time i'm one of the luckiest dads in the world because i've had my girls with me at school uh from the time they're in preschool three and a half all the way now till to now tessa's in eighth grade um so she's been on my campus for 10 years that's Um, awesome Um, i I talk about that and I, i every i imagine you know in in may and june when it gets time to to graduate i don't think i'm gonna make it through That's crazy. Yeah, they grow up so fast. But um, do either of them have social media? They do not. How has that been? Um, You know, I think my my thirteen year old has has gab phone, and she is she thanks me. She actually does thank me all the time because her friends do have social media and smartphones. And she, unfortunately, you know, from her side of things, she has seen the other side of her friends get in trouble right? or things that they posted or things that they're doing on their phones through their own parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their her own friends talking about their parents taking their phones away because they're stayed up too late or all the, you know, all the horror stories. Right. So she comes to me and says, hey, thank you, because I, I don't have to deal with that. Right. I don't have to deal with the the constant uh trouble of having that phone in my hand and she actually the other day came home and said you know it's so sad i want to talk to my friends but 
their their faces are stuck in screens. Right. You know, we go out or we, you know, we meet for lunch or something and their their phones are their phones are in their hands. And I said, you know, it's it's important that we as teachers and I've I, I've actually said it to one of the, the eighth graders here. I said, you know, you have you have a friend sitting right across from you mm. that you're staring at your screen. You realize that you're giving that person the message that your phone is more important than they are. And um, you know, I being being a school principal, I'm not worried about people, uh, kids. You know, I I do tend to be real kind of me. I guess mean sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to say say what's the truth. You know, um, and my daughter came home and said, you know, I'm I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you pointed out the fact that she was not giving anybody else attention but her phone mm-hmm. because there were three other people sitting there wanting to engage in a conversation, but the phone was too important. Right. Um, so it, it's things like that, that it, my daughter is grateful. You know, we told her, you know, when you can, when you can afford to buy your own phone, you can buy whatever phone you want. Um, at that point, I'm sure they're going to be on iPhone, what, 22. <laughs> yeah, for uh, real. And it's going to be like $1,200. So good luck buying that. Um, but no, she is, she's doing really well. And my little one knows that she'll get her Gab phone when she turns 12, because that's what age my, my, that's what age Tess got her Gab phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her phone literally sits on the kitchen counter for days. <laughs> and, because I love it. I love so, it. You know, it. Yeah, it, it sits there because she gets a few texts every now and then, um, but there's nothing to look at. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I love hearing this because people can hear all day from these crazy guys on Instagram, you know, oh yeah, Nate from Boys Beyond. He's just his Instagram guy who hates social media and bullies. But mm-hmm. I love talking to educators, um, people like yourself that are like, no, like we see the difference in the schools with our kids, with, I mean, with your own kids, with your daughters. Um, and I don't know, when, when it comes to this stuff, what is something, just one thing, I guess, that you wish parents knew, that you wish that they would just cue in on? I wish as a, as a, as a principal that, they, that parents would, would be present with their mm. kids. That's the main thing that we see. And unfortunately, is, you know, well, probably fortunately for them, um, but one of the hardest things for a teacher and a principal is we can't be in all, all these houses. No, we can't, and, you know, and take the phone away from dad and say, dude, put your phone down and go be with your kids. You know, it's okay to leave work. When you leave your office, put your phone down, you know, get home, put your phone at the charging station and have dinner with your kids. Um, you know, the, the other day I had a, I had a kindergartner, get this, I had a kindergartner tell his teacher that he was trying to work on his spelling words, um, but his mom, and he wanted to, he wanted his mom to quiz him, but his mom wouldn't put down her phone because she was too busy texting. Oh, it breaks my heart. You know, those, those things break, break, yeah, they do. They break our hearts. And we, as teachers and educators, we're like, look, this is what, this is the hill we're climbing. And it's such a big one. So all these parents that are listening, we're, we're in the trenches here. We are literally in the trenches. You're hearing from a school counselor and a school principal that we're with these kids every day, seven, eight hours a day. Yeah. 
they are begging for their parents' attention. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, when, when Colin started to say, it's more about saving the parents. Yeah. When Colin about saving the parents, that's where it starts. And in, in my call to action too, it does talk, you know, it's addressing parents and saying, look, we need to save our parents. And hopefully the light bulb, if one light bulb can go off at night and be like, oh my gosh, my little one is going to grow up so fast. I'm going to blink and they're going to be going to high school. They're going to be going to college. Mm. And where, 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 where did I miss all that? All of a sudden they're, they're big, you know, they start as a little baby and now I blink my eye and they're, they're so big. So the more time we can spend and be present with our kids, um, it's going to help. It's going to help them in education. It's going to help them at their school. Talk mm-hmm. to your kids. Don't put a put. Don't put a screen in the car. No. I think <laughs> you know, as a parent, that's what we we decided a long time ago. No screens in the car because the, that's mm. some of the best conversations. Yeah, car rides are awesome. Um, All- and that I remember, so I, I spoke with Andrea Davis from Better Screen Time and April Whiting from the Better Screen Project um, or the, safe, the Screen Safe Project. But anyway, both of them talked about how car rides are awesome because kids talk better shoulder to shoulder than they do, you know, parent looking down on them. When they're shoulder to shoulder, it's more like a, a equal, you know, kind of less combative um, position to be talking to someone in. Um, car rides are awesome. Walking is awesome. That's how we get a lot of our family time is going on long walks with the stroller. Um, I love that. And parents, we're not here to try and guilt trip you into being there for your kids. We are just wanting, we are just wanting you to be there for your kids. Um, and you know, it doesn't, you don't, we're not expecting you to drop your phone right now, cold Turkey and not look at it ever again. But if you can find small ways, 10, 15 minutes at a time during the day to give your undivided attention to your kids, you are going to see astronomical differences. Um, Man, thanks so much, Stefan, just for everything that you're doing, um, everything that we talked about. Thank you for coming on the show. How can people find you? How can people see what they're going on? Shameless plug time. So shameless plug time. Let's see. My Instagram is Oak Ridge Principal. Okay. At principal. Um, I, let's see. I'm on, well, I would say I have a Twitter account, but I never look at it. Huh. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it, you know? Awesome. I, yeah. It's, I, I'm more than happy to answer questions, be a principal away from another, you know, parents have questions. I'd be more than happy to help. Um, but, you know, when it comes to our kids, the number one thing we can do is read with them. Mm. That's, you know, sit down and read a book from the very beginning of, of their birth to when they're in high school. Kids love to be read to. I love that. You know, I love that. I, and, it, and it builds such connection too. Yeah. All the, and such amazing books out there. All the old school, you know, classics, all the classics. Um, you know, all, I bet every listener out there can remember a teacher that they had that would read to them after lunch and do voices and some of the stories that, you know, James and the giant peach that comes to mind. Um, all the good ones, all the, all the great ones that teachers would read to us in school. And especially after lunchtime, you know, that quiet time after lunch, all mm-hmm. of my teachers here, they always read to the kids. Oh man. Uh, it's a staple. We have to read that. to our kids. And then as parents, taking the time, even if it's 15, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, 
reading to the kids, it, it, it builds good readers. Yeah. So you want your child to be a good reader, start by reading to them first. I love that. I love that. Oh, there you go, guys. From the mouth of a principal, little less screen time, a lot more books, hug your kids, be there for them. Um, all that stuff, um, his Instagram and everything that's going to be in the podcast description. So go check out Mr. Jolie on Instagram. Uh, make sure to go follow me at bulliesb.gun for your daily dose of positivity. Always remember you are wonderful. You are worthy and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight second hug. We'll see you on the next one.